Hey everybody, this is Sam with Pro Wrestling Overtime, and you guys know that I'm always on Twitter, I am always on Reddit, I'm looking around, scouring everywhere, coming and going, to kind of get into different topics and conversations. Don't want this podcast to become boring. I don't want to talk about who took on who and that um, they grabbed their arm, whipped them into the rope, and I don't want to, I don't want to act like a commentator on a podcast. So when I was looking around, I saw a bunch of people kind of putting down Dominic Mysterio, and I was like, "Whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute here, how?" Is anyone putting down Dominic Mysterio? And I got to read in different comments and then started searching things. And even sometimes on the Wrestler Observer message boards, you're finding people arguing that Dominic Mysterio is not as good as what everybody thought. Um... You're hearing that WWE has destroyed him. And I'm like, what are we talking about? So as I thought a little more on that and I was picking up and watching some shows that we all know that wrestling a lot of times is on at the same times, pay-per-views and everything. And so I was going back and, and watching some that I had missed. I really got to thinking about the young superstars of today that really are superstars. And then some that everybody's going wild about. And I... I got to thinking, are today's superstars, and I'm literally talking about today, you know, January 12th, are they as good as the superstars that we saw, let's say, August maybe, of 2020? And I say that because August 2020 is when we first saw Dominic Mysterio. He was 22 years old at that time. He's 24 now. And he was not really supposed to debut. He had been training I believe he's been to two different wrestling schools and has trained under five or six different people. We all know he's trained all of his life under his dad, Rey Mysterio. But he was being used in a storyline along with the rest of Rey's family. And he kind of got involved at first in the storyline that was involving Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins had backup of 
Buddy Murphy, who is now Buddy Matthews, and then also of Alistair Black, who is um, now uh, Malachi Black. And Ray came into the picture after Malachi Black. I think I said that wrong. Malachi Black was helping Ray after he became injured. Well, they decided to allow Ray to do some things with WWE after Ray told them, look, he's fully trained. He's he's fine to do certain things. Well, then we saw Ray Mysterio also actually get an injury in real life. He it wasn't that Seth put his eye out. He actually did get a real life injury and if I'm remembering correctly, I believe it was shoulder. Causing Dominic to have his real life debut in August twenty twenty against Seth Rollins. And we have seen him skyrocket. From, you know, SummerSlam to WrestleMania, he's held the tag tag team title belts with his father. And I personally, almost every time he wrestles, am wowed by what he chooses to do. Now, yes, a lot of those are the same moves. But guys, you're not seeing the same move set uh, from him doing like the surfing thing off the mat to a flip to doing the 619 into something. You're seeing a lot of the same moves you saw in August 2020, but it's the combination. It's the move set. It's the transitions into the moves. You can see he is actually growing. The other thing is, he's still actually growing. Um, It seems to me like Dominic Mysterio, I need to find out. I think he's grown about an inch and a half in the last year and a half. Um, He is still getting taller and taller. He is just now getting a lot more muscle definition um, you know, when I talked to someone in August of 2020, they were talking about how his frame could have easily held another 20, 30 pounds of pure muscle and how much quicker uh, he was getting by doing different Pilates and agility drills and just working out with different WWE superstars picking up their knowledge. And I can't think of a better time to come aboard a organization like WWE than August 2020. And I know some of you just went, oh, Sam, we were on board with you until you blew it. No, actually, I didn't. Think about it. August 2020... We were about six months into the pandemic, and we were about six months into no crowds. 
no crowds there to make smart aleck comments, no crowds to heckle him, no crowds to pick him apart, to boo him, to cheer him, to do anything. They were still learning how to work a pandemic crowd. They were inside. This was before they had it went to the Thunderdome. And even superstars like Edge, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Seth Rollins, Bailey and Sasha were still trying to figure things out. And as they learned what was working for them, they were sharing it with other wrestlers, including Dominic Mysterio. He was also there at the time they moved to the Thunderdome. Then he was also there as wrestlers started talk about how they were going to prepare to go back in front of a crowd at WrestleMania 37. Then they talked about how they were going to go back to traveling, how they were going to prepare how they were going to treat it the same or differently. He got to listen to how different wrestlers had changed maybe their diet, such as how they eat, and how they were figuring out, how can I take that same diet plan that I'm on, that same workout plan, that same everything that I've been on for the last year and a half in the pandemic into traveling again. So, he wasn't just learning from his dad. He was actually getting to sit down and listen as they went through this. Because the wrestlers started getting comfortable. And they were there from, you know, noon until 10, 11, midnight. That night, they had time to spend with him. And you're like, well, Sam, they do that now. Well, they do to a point. But if you follow a lot of wrestlers' social media, you talk to them, or um, you hear them on podcasts, you um, hear them after shows or, or whatever, getting interviewed or anything like that, you're hearing about them where they're traveling. They're not sticking around and talking like they were during the Thunderdome. They're making travel arrangements of getting their rental car and where are they going next? Are they stopping the night? Are they going to drive straight through? When are they going to get a hotel? Where are they going to get a hotel? Uh, When in the next city can they work out? Where can they eat? They're asking different things like that. They're talking about meeting up and then they've got the next night's show. Well, if it is... Monday morning, getting ready for Raw, that night after Raw, a lot of them are red-eyeing it, back to their houses. They're not hanging out there either. So no, you're not getting the education. Because you guys got to remember, Dominic never hit the NXT system. And a lot of that stuff is discussed in classes, or from sitting around with your trainers, 
or like if you were in NXT right now, they're having Riddle, they're having AJ Styles down, they're having Mandy Rose, who's already been there, down. They have Brian Kendrick down there that are telling them things like this. Dominic missed out on all of that. So people wonder why Dominic struggled some this past fall and why they're not seeing him completely blow up and and rise to superstardom and everybody talking about him right now. We're right before Royal Rumble and I saw someone on a message board say, why are we not talking about Dominic Mysterio winning the Royal Rumble? Why is the main young star that we're hearing about in the WWE Royal Rumble, Braun Breaker? Well, I think there's a lot of different things, in my opinion, that caused that. Number one, people were so high on him in August 2020 and leading into that fall. Everybody was predicting around SummerSlam, either right before, people like me were talking afterwards, but people, some people were talking about before them doing a program where he would turn on his dad. Now, if you listen to my podcast last year, you heard me talking about that after WrestleMania. One reason was because they had a pay-per-view on Father's Day. And I was predicting on that particular pay-per-view, on Father's Day, that he would turn on Rey Mysterio and lead up to their match at SummerSlam. They didn't do those. And I think a lot of people got frustrated with the storyline with Rey and Dominic Mysterio holding the Tag Team Championship belts. They weren't put in a good program with the Usos. Because we all knew the Bloodline was going to take the Tag Team titles. It was just a matter of when, where, how. And they didn't put them in a great program. They kind of tried to split it down the middle where Ray was having issues with Roman, which, if you remember, turned into Roman destroying Ray in the pay-per-view that I wanted him to turn on his dad. Um, Roman Reigns destroyed him on the SmackDown before Hell in a Cell in June um, so that they could give a, a Hell in a Cell battle to Fox. We saw the Usos totally destroy the Mysterios and then they kind of languished. They weren't put in that great of a storyline for a while. Now, Ray has some lingering issues with his shoulder. Dominic ended up having lingering issues. And you have to remember, July 16th, 
of last summer is when they went back to the fans and started traveling. And therein also lied some kind of issues with Dominic, you know, being able to not be nervous in front of the fans. There are wrestlers that, you know, are still nervous in front of the fans. Sheamus will tell you he has problems sleeping all the time now that they've went back to fans. And so it was just getting used to the fans, getting used to the travel. But they kept them together. And I think that's been a little bit of a detriment to Dominant Mysterio because they haven't also had him having big single matches and preparing him for a singles run. And I know some of you are like, yeah, but you just said he's only 24 years old. Well, let's compare him to someone a little different. See, Dominic was still going to wrestling school, still almost being held back a little bit by Rey Mysterio. But when Jack Perry turned 18, he was rocking and raring to go and made his debut November 2015. And you're like, Jack Perry? You're going to compare him to Jack Perry? I don't even know who that is. Yeah, you do. Even if you're a WWE fan, you still know who AEW's Jungle Boy is. Jungle Jack Perry. He started in November of 2015, and he's the same age as Dominant Mysterio. He was just brought along differently. Instead of going to all of these different wrestling schools, you saw Jungle Boy get his name and start creating his character in the Underground Empire Wrestling over in California. He wrestled some uh, for Big Time Wrestling. He wrestled at PWG, and that's where he ran into the Young Bucks. He ran into... Adam Cole, Kevin Owens, um, I believe even Kyle O'Reilly was over there at that time. He signed with AEW in January of 2019, so almost a year and a half earlier than what Dominic Mysterio did. But they've been brought along a lot of the same way. And you're like, what do you mean? Well, Think about it. He was signed in January of 2019, and he was at the major coming out party for AEW. He was even on the October 2019 first show ever on TV. But he was part of a tag team. Actually, he was part of a trio with Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus. And he learned how to travel the United States slowly. He was brought in slowly. Because remember, in October of 2019, Dynamite 
was the only thing on the road. They were doing one appearance a week, and the rest of the time, they were working out, a lot of them at the Nightmare Factory or at different places that were set up. So Jungle Jack was brought along slowly. He was taught how to travel by some of the older guys in AEW. A lot of it was set up for him because that's the way AEW runs their particular company. But as a tag team, he was brought along and was allowed to develop moves at his own pace. He was allowed to transition and develop his own moveset. But, starting when the pandemic started, March 2020, what, five months before Dominic started, he was thrown into the pandemic era of Daly's Place, where they were there all the time, they got to practice together, they got to work together, he was sitting down and picking the brains of the people backstage, but also of the veteran wrestlers, and of Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, all of them. Listening to the histories, listening to how different people, he was watching film with Frankie Kazarian and and Christopher Daniels, just like Dominic started doing. It was during this time, instead of making him just a tag team wrestler. It was when Luchasaurus started um, his rehab for trying to think on my feet. I should have wrote it down. But I believe he had a chest injury or a shoulder injury. Jungle Boy had to partner in tag teams with different people. But he then started to have his own single matches. When Luchasaurus came back, they had them in tag teams. But people were starting to recognize Jungle Boy was coming into his own. He was getting older, and his wrestling was getting more mature. Plus, he was getting a fan reaction. Tony Khan saw that. That's when he bought the rights to Tarzan. And started bringing him out when he was alone to that. Giving him his own persona. His own um, actual to stand by himself. That's where I think WWE needs to go next with Dominic. Not saying that he needs to stop tag teaming with his dad. But start bringing him along slowly but surely and giving him confidence, which means he's got to win as a singles wrestler. Now, whether that's on dark matches before the show, whether you stick him on main event, whether it's him doing squash matches, I don't care. They have to start building Dominic as his own person. And I know so many of you don't want to hear that. I know some of you want him to don a mask and become Ray Jr. as he's not that 
He's his own person who has the talent and the capability to go far in this business if given the opportunity. So we got to see Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, the Jurassic Express, win the tag team titles. Now, Jungle Boy's been wrestling longer and probably wrestling more than Dominant Mysterio, but he just won his first titles because he was brought along as a tag team wrestler, as a singles wrestler, as now a tag team champion. They've now named him as one of the four pillars that they're going to be looking to stand AEW on now. When you sit down and think about it, can you name four pillars of WWE under 30? I struggle a little bit with that. The other thing that I want to talk about is people say, well, they're bringing Braun Breaker along. He'll be in WrestleMania next year. He'll probably be in the Royal Rumble this year. He'll probably be in SummerSlam. They'll probably bring him up, and he'll have a SummerSlam program, and he'll be in WrestleMania next year. You know what? You may very well be right. Personally, I hope you're wrong. I was just as excited as you guys were to see him win the NXT title. Even though I wanted to sit and break down and cry because it definitely signified the end of NXT black and gold. And it brought in NXT 2.0 hard and heavy. I know a lot of you believe that that happened at War Games, but I think with them kind of saying goodbye to Chompa and basically Pete Dunne within that same two-week period as a month earlier they had said goodbye to Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly. Um, I think the black and gold brand is completely done. This week, you know, it has been announced uh, something that I think most of us have known for the last two or three months that Bruce Pritchard um, has put his team in and that uh, WWE main roster is taking over the creative for NXT. And I absolutely hate that fact. I think we're either going to see Ciampa and Pete Dunne brought up to the main roster or we're going to see them let go. Uh, I don't know when Ciampa's contract is up. I have been trying to find out. But when we talk about Braun Breaker, you are talking about him also being 24. Now, he's been brought up in a wrestling family and has gotten a lot of his wrestling knowledge, obviously, from his uncles. His first match was in 2020 when his uncle kind of ribbed him, asked him to go with him to a signing and threw him into a match. 
He's only had, I think, 15 matches so far. But yet, we're already predicting he's going to be at the Royal Rumble. He's going to do SummerSlam. We're going to have him at WrestleMania next year. I think we need to slow down. He's a talent. He has an it factor. And I think everyone can see that. But I think we need to slow down. Because if we don't, we're going to burn him out also in a lot of the audience's minds. Like we did Charlotte, who also came from a wrestling family. Stop, take a step back, and actually think about what I just said. Can you honestly tell me you'll still be a big, huge, Braun Breaker fan If he goes to the Royal Rumble, he throws out, let's say, eight wrestlers. He goes to WrestleMania and squashes somebody and is on the main roster permanently, wins a Intercontinental title or the United States title, and is on WrestleMania. And then in the summer, you're putting possibly a world championship on him? Because that's what a lot of you are talking about. How fast did WWE move with Charlotte? And when you sit down and you actually think about it, yes, Charlotte now has 13 or 14 title reigns. Yeah, I know, they took some of them away. But... People turned on her and said she was given that because of her name, because of who she was related to, because the fans, um, she already had an audience of hardcore fans based on her dad. Well, does Braun Baker, even though they didn't give him the last name, they changed his name to throw people off. But think about it. The internet didn't allow them to throw him off. Everybody knows he's Rick Steiner's son, that he's Scott Steiner's nephew. And here we are wanting... He started in February 2021. It hasn't even been a year in NXT, and he already has the NXT Heavyweight Championship. The A title. I don't care what Carmelo says. Think about it. Are we giving him title reigns because he's good? Because he has the factor? Because we can see him being a pillar of WWE later? Or because of his last name and his look? And because he is kind of what Vince wants a champion to look like. Just like almost... But we'll talk about that in another episode. But the thing is, I need you guys to pull the reins back. No, that's not a pun. But pull the reins back a little bit on having Braun Breaker by next summer be a champion. Because you will turn on him just like so many of you turned on Charlotte.
The other up-and-coming superstar that I think people may not be recognizing. Yeah, I heard a bunch of you just yell, Hook! No, no, no. I'll get to Hook in a minute. We're not ready to send for Hook yet. Let's talk about the WWE superstar possibly in the making that you guys were so high on, but now I'm not hearing you talk about him. I'm not hearing you guys praise him. I'm not hearing you guys talk about how he may be a pillar that WWE can stand upon for the next 10 to 15 years. And that's Parker Boudreaux. Oh, that name rung a bell. Yeah, some of you even said, oh, the Brock Lesnar lookalike, where is he? Well, remember guys, he's also 24. And he also signed and debuted and started, I shouldn't say debuted on TV, but debuted in NXT's training program, February 2021, just like Braun Breaker. They were in the same class together. You'll recognize him now as Harlan. Now, some of you went, I hate that Joe Gacy guy, and went off on a tangent. And that's why you're not recognizing Harlan. Because unlike Braun Breaker, WWE has slowed their role with him. Why? He didn't grow up in a wrestling family. He hasn't been to numerous wrestling schools like Dominic. He was, this time last year, on the University of Central Florida's football team. And was quitting to become a wrestler. Starting a class in NXT. He shaved off all of his hair so that he wouldn't be the next Brock Lesnar. Or a Brock Lesnar wannabe. He is now the... Juvenile delinquent, prison, possibly, we don't know his background, psychopath, sociopath, that snapped, and we don't know why. But Joe Gacy can control him as what we think might be a borderline cult leader, only not down the horror pipeline as Bray Wyatt. Remember the Wyatt family where we thought Bray Wyatt was a cult leader and then he turned into Bray Wyatt going down the horror path becoming the fiend? Well, I think they've stepped back Joe Gacy, the cult leader. Think of Harlan more like Braun Strowman or Rowan. Or what 
uh, Bray Wyatt wanted to use Randy Orton for. Harlan's not saying a lot, so therefore can't make any promo disasters that you guys are going to bury him for. He's having quick squash matches, doing moves that he's comfortable with, that look good, and that you guys can't destroy. And as he learns, and as he gets better, I think we're going to see his repertoire grow. His movesets, his transitions, his matches get longer. But he also has the it factor. He had it when he was in college, even though most of you thought he just looked like Brock Lesnar. He has athletic talent that is crazy. And since shaving his head, they're bringing him along slow and easy. Who else are they bringing along slow and easy? Let's flip-flop to the other side of the fence where you wanted me to go earlier. Let's send for Hook. Um, What do I think of Hook? I think Hook is amazing. But then again, I thought Hook was amazing hearing the stories on CBS Sports in the morning that Taz told on the Taz Show, and on, and I'm forgetting his radio partner, uh, also on his sports show. Taz told stories of Hook, or Tyler, when he was in high school, and the amazing athlete he was on the lacrosse team, and how he got a college scholarship, and how he was doing in college. So, if you guys followed the Taz Show in podcast format or his sports show where they talked NFL football and many different sports, including wrestling, also on a podcast, but it was on the radio in the upper Northeast, then you got to hear about Taz's son. And like I said, he usually called him Tyler. Um, you heard about his athletic achievements um, how high he could jump, what he could do in judo, wh- how fast he could run. And so you knew this was coming. Then, right before Taz went to AEW, if you listen to those last couple shows, he talks about his son going into wrestling school. Now, Taz had been teaching him since he was little, but he also learned from several others. You're seeing Hook, who debuted on AEW television as a character as Taz's son. Then later they let us know his name was Hook on TV last year. If you remember the famous Brian Cage, Ricky Starks versus Sting and Darby Allen cinematic match that happened in that warehouse and um, Darby was skating in on his skateboard following Sting's car, then Hook was in that match along with Firehouse Hobbs. And we got to see him throw punches and his ability when he was running and chasing after Darby Allen. 
His debut, obviously, was in December of 2021, and he's had three matches. Let me repeat that. Three matches. Yet everybody is arguing about, look, he's 22 years old. Oh, he confronted Cody after his second match, and he's going after Cody's belt. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow your horses down. No, he's not. Again, he's going to be another one. They're going to bring her along slow. He has the it factor. It's not because of his hair. It's not because he's been eating chips for the last six months. It's just how he carries himself. And if you see him off TV, he carries himself like that. And has for two years now. He believes in himself. And he got that from Taz. There's not a doubt in my mind. He believes in himself. He has the athletic talent. But slow your roll. AEW is not putting a title on him anytime soon. Think about it. The four pillars that AEW has picked out. You've got Darby Allen, who has been there since the get-go, and is the veteran of the four, and the oldest of the four, I believe. I think he is two months older than Sammy. And he was the first one that they actually put a belt on. We recently saw the second oldest member of AEW's Four Pillars, Sammy Garcia, or excuse me, Sammy Guevara, finally get his championship. But he had to learn for two years under the inner circle. He was a tag team at first with Chris Jericho, learning the ropes, and then they sent him out as a singles competitor, along with being a trios competitor with Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, and with uh, the Pride and the Powerful. He's just recently, since he, I guess his turning point came in the second stadium uh, stampede, where he smashed Sean Spears in the middle of the ring to win the match for him. Since then, that was his coming out party. They have slowly built him up to get a belt. The third pillar that AEW has is MJF, who I believe is one of the best heels in the world right now at 25 years old. Yes, he has three dynamite diamond rings. But he doesn't and has never held a belt. Something that CM Punk pointed out last month. Because they are building him slow. They're not going to bother with the TNT title with him. He will have the world championship. AEW's world championship by this summer or fall. Then, when you see Jungle Boy, who is the youngest of the pillars at 24, we just recently talked about. If you want to add a fifth one, it can be Hook. But I think we're looking at a year and a half, two years 
before he gets a belt. Don't look for them to rush him. And I hope they don't rush Braun Breaker and Harlan just because fans are clamoring for him or because they get in a bind. I don't want anyone's emergency to constitute these young wrestlers to be brought back, brought up, be brought forward before they're ready. So guys, slow down on these guys. We're, we just talked about five guys, all 24 and under, that we don't need to push yet. Chill out on them. I know you're getting ti- tired of Cody. You're getting tired of Brock Lesnar. You're getting tired of this, that, and the other. But guys, if you push these guys too hard, you'll forget about them or you won't want them anymore. Because look how fast WWE pushed Dominic Mysterio. And he debuted August 2020. And in January 2022, you guys are talking about how he's not that good and how WWE hasn't used him right and how he might as well just leave. You turn on people too quickly because you want them too quickly. Slow your roll. Let long-term storytelling come back and see these guys' careers. You can say you were there when it started. Let them have careers. As always, guys, you can hit me up if you've got any questions, comments, problems, or protests at ProWrestlingOT at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter, ProOvertime. It's two O's, ProOvertime on Twitter. You can reach me on Facebook, ProOvertime, or excuse me, ProWrestlingOvertime. I am also on Instagram, ProWrestlingOvertime. All of them, uh, messages and DMs are open for your questions and comments. And you can come over and get the latest podcasts and articles on theovertimenetwork.com. Theovertimenetwork.com where we have four other podcasts writing different articles in the process of booting up our uh, message board forum. We have a pro wrestling calendar over there that we stay try to stay up to date on what is happening when just guys we're not just behind WWE or AEW. That calendar has PWG events on it, it has uh wrestling revolver events on it, it has GCW and then that way you can kinda look ahead what's going on or what you need to look at on the internet or on fight tv that may be happening that you can catch up on so i'm a big fan of nwa mlw and new japan strong also 
So you guys want to make sure that you're reading the articles and staying up to date on it. Guys, I will talk to you soon, and hopefully I'll see you down the road.